Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Hello, this is Dr. Grande. Today's question asks if I can analyze the mental health and personality factors that may be at work in the Tim McLean murder case. Just a reminder, I'm not diagnosing anybody in this video, only speculating about what could be happening in a situation like this. If you enjoy this video, please like it, subscribe to my channel, and consider supporting me on Patreon. I'll put the link to Patreon in the description for this video. So first I'll start with the timeline of the crime, and then I'll move to the mental health and personality factors. Starting with the timeline, we go to July 29, 2008, in Canada, at 12.30 a.m., 40-year-old Vince Lee boards a Greyhound bus bound for Winnipeg using a fake name. He did not tell his wife where he was going. He simply left a note saying, I'm gone. Don't look for me. I wish you were happy. I don't think subtlety was his strong suit. He stepped off the bus at 5.55 p.m. when it stopped in Erickson, even though the bus driver informed him that wasn't a stop. Lee would spend the night there on a bench near a grocery store. At 3 a.m. on July 30, he was spotted sitting upright with his eyes wide open. Now moving back to 12.30 a.m. on the same day, 22-year-old Tim McLean finishes his summer job at a fair in Edmonton and boards Greyhound Bus 1170 to return to his residence in Winnipeg. He sits near the rear of the bus. During the same day, Lee sells his laptop computer, which is new, for $60 to a 15-year-old boy. Lee would burn some of his other belongings. The bus carrying McLean stops in Erickson, Lee boards the bus at 5.55 p.m., and sits near the front. Not long after this, the bus departs. It heads to Winnipeg. Thirty-six people are on board. The passengers notice that Lee appeared to be agitated. He is pacing back and forth and talking to himself. He initially sat near the front of the bus, as I mentioned, but after the bus stops for a break, Lee sits next to McLean in the rear of the bus. A passenger sees that Lee has a knife in a sheath on his side when he gets up to use the restroom. McLean went to sleep with his head against the window and headphones over his ears. At about 8.30 p.m., Lee pulled out the knife and repeatedly stabbed McLean in the neck and chest. The bus driver pulled over to the side of the road 
and the passengers exited the bus. Another bus driver and a truck driver who pulled over attempted to convince Lee to stop, but Lee simply told them to get emergency, and he continued with his attack. Lee proceeded to decapitate McLean and show his head to the passengers who were standing outside the bus. After this, Lee would start consuming McLean's body. The police responded. When they arrived, they found that Lee was still on the bus. He had attempted to escape by driving away, but the bus driver had activated a system that immobilized the bus. Lee also attempted to flee on foot, but a truck driver had stopped and supplied a passenger and the bus driver with a crowbar and a hammer, which they were able to use to intimidate Lee. The responding officers called for a tactical unit. As the police were waiting for them to arrive, Lee continued consuming parts of McLean's body. So this gets into kind of a controversial point as far as the police behavior. Many people believe they should have just shot Lee and entered the bus and not let this go on for a long period of time. At 1.30 a.m. on July 31, Lee broke one of the windows in the bus, threw some items out, and jumped out of it, landing on the knife. The police shot him twice with a taser, and they were able to subdue him. McLean's nose, tongue, and ear were found in Lee's pockets. Lee was arrested. A little while later, he would repeat, I'm sorry, several times. He was charged with second-degree murder. At his trial, he pleaded not criminally responsible on account of mental disorder. This essentially says that he did it, but he lacked criminal intent. A mental health professional testified that Lee murdered McLean because Lee heard a voice from God that indicated McLean was evil and about to kill Lee. The judge accepted the plea, and Lee was sent to a mental health facility. In 2011, a mental health professional recommended that Lee be given more freedom. In 2012, he was given temporary passes to leave the mental health facility, although he would be supervised during those trips. In 2014, those trips became unsupervised. That same year, one of the police officers who responded to the attack and was thought to have PTSD as a result brought an end to his own life. In the following years, Lee was given more freedom. In 2017, he was granted what is referred to as an absolute discharge. He was released and had no further responsibilities. He didn't have to take his medication. He didn't have to do anything. He could do whatever he wanted. There was, of course, another option referred to as a conditional discharge, which would have required Lee to receive ongoing treatment, but the court went with the absolute discharge instead. Now moving to the mental health and personality factors. Lee was born in China and immigrated to Canada in 2001. He had a history that featured some difficulties in the area of mental health. In 2004, he claimed to have heard the voice of God. Lee believed that he needed to protect people from aliens. In 2005, he abruptly left his residence in Winnipeg after hearing a voice commanding him to buy land in Thompson, Manitoba. Six months later, seemingly out of nowhere, he would get on a plane to Toronto. He then started walking back to Winnipeg after hearing God's voice telling him to return home. The police placed him in custody, and he was taken to a mental health facility. There, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and provided medications, which he refused to take. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Even though the facility obtained involuntary admission certificates, meaning they could hold Lee against his will, Lee was released against medical advice after just 10 days. Over time, the command hallucinations changed from giving orders to buy land or find a job or something like that to more violent instructions. Lee was fired from Walmart about a month before the homicide after a disagreement with other employees. After his arrest, we see a number of interesting statements that Lee made. He said that he was an evil son of an evil God. God chose him as the killer and chose Tim as the victim. He said, God controls all things and God made me do it. He remembered every detail about the homicide. Before his release, he said he recognized that he had schizophrenia and he needed to continue his medication. Lee said that he believed McLean possessed supernatural abilities. That's why he decided to decapitate him and remove the other body parts. He was trying to make sure that McLean didn't come alive again. Lee had plastic bags with him during the homicide. He put some of the body parts in those bags. It's fairly clear he premeditated this crime. This case is controversial for a number of reasons, but the main reason is that Lee was released. I think many people can appreciate Lee was actually psychotic and probably did believe he was killing an alien, but that doesn't justify releasing him into the public. Rather, he should spend his entire life in a mental health treatment facility. Many people believe that the mental health professionals in this case made a terrible mistake and did not really understand schizophrenia. Let's take a look at their behavior. At one of the hearings, a mental health professional testified that Lee had a 0.8% chance of relapsing. I don't know where the professional found this figure, perhaps a book titled How to Appear Intelligent by Using Random Numbers. What is the actual risk? What does science tell us? Well, the risk of relapse is about 52% in six months for people who stop taking their medication and 16% for people who continue to take their medication. So 20 times higher than the professional indicated. And again, that's just for six months. It was, of course, predicted that Lee would live much longer than that after his release. They implied that there was no danger as long as Lee was on his medication. That's simply not true. And even if it were true, with an absolute discharge, what would prevent Lee from stopping his medication? They referred to Lee as a decent man. He may or may not be a decent man. That's unrelated to psychosis. That's like saying he's a snappy dresser. What does that have to do with the fact that he murdered a man on a bus? 
we see a number of bold and unfounded statements from these mental health professionals. What does the research literature say about the treatment of schizophrenia? Well, medication is often considered the only treatment that has a chance of success with schizophrenia. Talk therapy may help a little bit, particularly to support somebody as they're taking medication, but it usually doesn't make much of a difference in the symptoms. There are several difficulties when looking at schizophrenia and dangerousness. It's important to note that most people with this disorder are not dangerous to other people. On occasion, however, the illness has been associated with violence. When that happens, treatment professionals are put in a difficult position. Here's why. If an individual was stabilized with medication, the concern becomes, when will a relapse happen? Unfortunately, there are no reliable warning signs of imminent relapse. There's no way to know for certain that a relapse is on the way. Now, there are warning signs before the first psychotic break, so before a person ever has psychosis. Here we see a decent level of warning, often in the form of what are referred to as prodromal symptoms. 75% of people who develop schizophrenia pass through the stages of prodromal symptoms. There are several different prodromal symptoms. Many actually look a lot like the symptoms of cluster A personality pathology. So paranoid, schizoid, and schizotypal personality features. For example, odd speech and beliefs, magical thinking, social withdrawal, and unusual perceptual experiences. Again, the difficulty here is that this is only for the first break psychosis. Once somebody already had psychosis due to schizophrenia, there's no good way to know when the psychosis may return. Often the onset of subsequent psychotic episodes is rapid. One mistake the mental health professionals made in this case, in my opinion, is believing that the continuation of medication greatly reduced the risk. An individual with schizophrenia can be on medication and still have psychotic episodes. But just for a moment, let's go with their argument, the idea that medication discontinuation is the only risk factor. Even if this were true, releasing Lee was still a mistake. How do they know he was going to continue treatment? They don't. There's no way to know with the absolute discharge. The discontinuation of medication is a major problem in the area of schizophrenia treatment. Cases like this cause people to understandably lose faith in the intersection of mental health and the law. Mental health professionals view themselves as being able to fix mental disorders, and even though most mental disorders are treatable to some extent, schizophrenia is particularly challenging. The success rates aren't as high in treating this disorder as we would like. I believe it's reasonable to claim that mental health treatment can reduce symptoms and improve the quality of life with schizophrenia, but in a case like this, society needs to be sure that the individual no longer poses a threat. They really have to be sure that the psychosis will never return. Science does not support the idea that this is possible. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa Vita Brevis. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.